0: Lord, we thank you so much for today, God. We thank you that, well, power's back on. We're in your word, and and we're with you right now. And God, we are here to seek you out, God. And we we know your word tells us that when we seek you, we will find you. That when we draw near to you, you draw near to us, and I pray that today that you would draw near. That for those of us maybe struggling right now, that you would have a word. For those of us that are, are learning, God, that you would open our minds up to understand the truth that we find here. Lord, for those of us who just are, are in love with you, God, help us to love you more and more. And God, that we would understand, God, just get a big picture of on our relationship, on our faith in you today. So I pray that you anoint this time by your Holy Spirit and speak to us clearly. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Lately, I've heard some resurgence of what uh, of this song. Uh, it just seems to be coming out again. Matter of fact, I, I think I read just read an article this morning. In July this year, it was the 50th, like, anniversary so to speak of when that song by John Lennon he wrote imagine had actually come out that that, uh, that he had written that and you guys know the song and and the, the words of Simoname for Christians are like oh, we're not into that song because of the words but but I want you to think about this for a moment uh, the first line in this song or the first two lines says imagine there's no heaven it's easy if you try no hell below us above us only sky. And then in the next verse, it goes on to say, imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do, nothing to kill or die for. And then no religion too. And then imagine all the people living a life in peace. Interesting, right? I mean, this was 50 years ago, right? And then he goes on to say in the song, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. So I, I don't know if you're familiar with that song by John Lennon, so maybe younger guys don't, but, but we're starting to hear that more. Now in thinking about this and in, in hearing this again, I mean, yeah, I mean we're seeing this whole move to a, a global oneness in, in, in political wise, yeah, right, as we all get together as people, as a community. But in this song, it seems to state that the answer to peace in the world is to do away with religion. Yeah, And is that the answer to peace in the world? Doing away with religion, will will that bring peace into the world? Will it really do that? Is that what we're heading toward, where religion is going to go away? I mean, that that was the dream. That was what the song is about. Religion goes away, countries get together, and then there's peace in the world. But let me tell you, actually, the Bible predicts the opposite. The Bible predicts in the end times, under the Antichrist, the world religions will unite together, and really, for the sake of peace. So rather than religion disappearing, the world will actually be seduced into coming together in a one world religion, which will become the very fabric of the Antichrist administration as he rules the world. You know, it's been said, man is incurably religious. I don't know if you heard that term. And so religion is not going away in the future, but it will actually morph into something bigger than ever before. And that's what we find here in our study in the book of Revelation. Today we see why human beings have such a need for religion and how Satan unites the world into this one world religion during the tribulation. So that's why I titled our message, the seduction of world religions the seduction of world religions now we're going to get into chapter 17 of revelation this morning we're only, only going to take the first part verses 1 through 6 and i want i want last time we went through i did a whole chapter <laughs> but i wanted to really get deep into this to help us understand even more of what we see today of what is coming in the future and maybe to help us understand about world religions in our world, in our society throughout the ages. So, Revelation chapter 17, 1 through 6 is our passage, and we see three things. Number one, the mistress of the ages. Number two, the movement to unity. And number three, the mystery is revealed. And that's going to wrap up into the points of our passage and what we're seeing in each section. So the seduction of world religions, our title once again, but number one in our outline is the mistress of the ages. The mistress of the ages. Now, we're going to be covering verses 1 and 2 of chapter 17 of Revelation first, and let's look at both of these verses. Verse 1 says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. Okay, we'll stop right here now. This, this chapter, this section it, it is really a little difficult to like, wait, what's going on? What's he talking about? So hopefully I can unfold this to you. And let's begin with the first thing. We begin with how, how one of the seven angels who poured out one of the seven bowls came to John the Apostle. So John saw all this. We saw in the last two weeks how we've been studying in chapter 16, the seven bowls of judgment were poured out. And remember, these are the final judgments. We had the, the seals, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and now the seven bowl judgments were poured out in chapter 16. And they're the final judgments. And and heaven was rejoicing in that. We saw all of that. And because that was right before Jesus Christ returns, that's the last judgment. But before we get to that, which is in chapter 19, before we get to that, we've come to this what they call theologians call a parent parath, para, I can't say, parathetical section. It's a parenthesis. It's a break. It's a pause here before the next huge event, which is Jesus Christ returning in chapter 19. So from chapter 17 on to 19, there's this little break that we are in. And in this break, God is revealing more details of what's been going on in the world, in society, what's been going on behind the scenes and underneath it all. You remember back in... Uh, Revelation 12 and 13, we found a, found out and learned a lot about Satan, what he's been up to the whole time, throughout all the ages, and then the rise of the Antichrist, and all of that, right? And we, we found out a lot, there in that parathetical section. Well, in this pause, we're going to be diving deep into Something here God really wants us to understand. So we see here in verse 1, John writes, Then, after all the bowls and everything, after seeing all this, this angel was sent to John to show, and notice it says here in verse 1, to show, I've come to show you the judgment of the great prostitute. So the last judgment has fallen, right? The final one, the bowls, and the angel's like, I'm going to show you why this judgment has fallen here and it's fallen it's falling upon the great prostitute now who is that who is that well first of all the word great tells us that it speaks of something big it speaks of something of the extent of her evil and the impact on the world it's been done in a great way and that's why this is great so who is this Prostitute being spoken of here, O King James is harlot, right? Um, some of you know that more from the O King James, but in the ESV is translated in more modern the prostitute. Well who is that? Well look ahead to verse five. Verse five. In Revelation 17, it tells us, and our, on her forehead, this is the prostitute, was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. Now we're going to get, the, we're going to explain that more when we get to verse five. But first of all, we see that this prof, uh, prostitute is Babylon the Great. Now I've defined that for you uh, in the past chapters. Uh, Remember how Babylon the Great, when it was mentioned there, is really not so much the location, though it could be, but it is tied to the location of the past, but it is really talking about the whole world system of the Antichrist. Now, we've seen in Revelation chapter 6, the, the Antichrist come on the scene. He comes on this political scene. We've seen back in chapter 13, all the things that he does politically and requiring the world to do things, all of that. So politically, we've seen the political Babylon. But in chapter 17, God takes this moment, this pause, to tell us about the religious Babylon, the spiritual side of Babylon. When we get to chapter 18, it's going to be about the economic side to Babylon, the economy of Babylon, a one world economy, which we'll see in chapter 18. So when we get to cha- here in chapter 17, as we are here, we pause here because God wants to understand why this severe judgment has been falling upon the world, and specifically on the Antichrist and his system. So he's focusing in on the religious system of the Antichrist, the religious Babylon. So that is the great prostitute, the spiritual side of the Antichrist's s- system, religious Babylon. The re- so John sees the great prostitute here, and notice here in verse 1, who is seated on many waters. Okay, here's this prostitute. She's the, she's the great religious Babylon side of Babylon. And she's sitting on waters. Well, what's the waters? Well, if you look over in verse 15, the angel tells us, in verse 15 of Revelation 17, it says, The angel said to me, The waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. Basically, it's the whole world. It's the people in the world. It's, it's every nation, every language. It's every person in the world. And she's sitting right in the middle of all the people on the earth. And really, I believe this speaks of how she is, this prostitute of religion, really, has been sitting there throughout all the centuries in the middle of the peoples. She's always sat there, this prostitute and this religious Babylon. So this prostitute, in verse 1, represents all the world religions and all the world religions I should qualify who do not really worship the one true God and Jesus Christ. So here's this first thing I want you to see. This mistress, so to speak, has always been around to draw people away from a true relationship with the true God. This is the mistress of all ages we're seeing in this prostitute. Now, Let me bring to mind, remember in the Old Testament, the relationship Israel had with God was pictured as a wife is with her husband. That's why when Israel went after other gods, went after idols of the world and and abandoned God, uh, you know, to those idols of pagan nations, God said that she committed adultery like in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 21. Well, actually, he says she became a prostitute. So that's the picture that's given in the Old Testament, Israel going after uh, idols in the world. In the New Testament, the relationship of believers to the Lord, Jesus is pictured as a bride to a bridegroom. We're going to see later in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7, we see the marriage of the Lamb right the lamb coming to his bride so we see this like a marriage kind of type of relationship it's a relationship so with that in mind what we're, is revealed to us today is this is the kind of picture we're given a relationship between a man and a woman and God is showing that the world religions are actually like a prostitute, seducing people away from the pure relationship one can have with the one true God found in the Bible. That's what's being shown here. This is the mistress of the ages. Throughout the ages, this mistress has been around. Religion, world religions, pulling people in the world, whether nations or language, whatever languages, away from the one true God. God. And then the angel here shows John that this great prostitute, this mistress of the ages is with whom, verse 2, the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality. Uh, The leaders of kingdoms in the past and nations in the present even have fully integrated religion into their governments and politics. That's what it's talking about. And with The wine of those whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. So these kings drink the same wine of religion of the dwellers of the earth who embrace that, who take that, and have become drunk or intoxicated with following, embracing, getting all into these religions and thirsting for more and more and more. So the rulers made their religion part of their government and laws. So this mistress of the ages has been slither- slithering in herself into governments for a long, long time. Now remember, this is religious Babylon. This is talking about religion here. All right. Think about this. Remember back. When the king of the Babylonian empire, Nebuchadnezzar, remember how he set up that statue of himself and he required his whole empire, the world, to bow down when the music played, remember? And, and worship him as God. He integrated religion, so to speak, into his government. Basically, it's like, this is the law of the land. Politics and religion came together: bow or die. And we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't. God saved them. The the whole thing, right? How about this? Remember, in Roman times, Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, were faced with the requirement of giving a pinch of incense, yeah, in the temple of Caesar, acknowledging him as God or die. They were to do that once a year. Everyone in the empire was required to do that. So here's the second thing to see here. The mistress of the ages has always been around prostituting false religion even into government. Combining it even into government. It's not just been this, just the people and the government's been separated. No, it's been intertwined so much so. And and don't we see that today? Don't we see this mistress of ages doing the same thing? I mean, think about like how India has a Hindu-leaning government. Yeah? Or think about Thailand. The, the Thai government, they weave Buddhism into its laws. Or, how about what's fresh in our minds is the Taliban, right? Taking over Afghanistan. What were we hearing in the news? Well, they're declaring that they will run the country by Sharia law or Islamic law. They intertwine religion into the government. So, see this. This is what will also happen in the end times. Religion will have a prominent part when the Antichrist comes to rule. And you know what? I think it will be easy for the Antichrist to lead people away with what they've been doing anyway all this time throughout all the ages. Henry Morris wrote, Multitudes through the ages have partaken of the harlot's golden cup and been made drunken with the wine of her fornication. Talk about religion here now. Now, he went on and said, and all have been blasphemously offered to men in the name of religion. Now, you may be sitting there asking, well, isn't Christianity... Part of you know world religions and yeah well yes you know I mean if, if I took a world religions class in um, college and I remember yeah that was one of the ones that was listed and one of the ones we covered and they got it all wrong but it's okay you know it's it's in the list Christianity is listed as one of them but when you look at it from this perspective right now that all the world religions are is really seducing the world into away from God, into, into this, this thing that's not the truth. When you look at all this from this perspective, Christianity is not a religion that leads you away from having a relationship with the living God. It's not. I mean, if you really think about it, all the world religions generally are based on performance. Yeah, if if uh, by certain deeds that you do or works done, uh, doing some ritual, you can reach quote unquote heaven. You can reach that higher state. You can reach nirvana. Yeah, you 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 can have good karma. Yeah, you, you know if you do certain things. Yeah. Oh, when you get reincarnated, if you do good things, you're not going to come back as one bug or worm. (laughs) You'll have a higher level in society, right? It's all like based on something you do. But only Christianity says salvation is not based on what you do, but it's based on what Jesus did in dying on the cross. So understand that Christianity is not about Religion, it's about having a relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'll clearly see that religion draws you away from this truth of God, and that is the seduction of world religions. So we've been introduced to, number one, this mistress of the ages. Well, now we come to number two, the movement to unity. The movement to unity, our second heading. We're going to cover verses 3 and 4. But first of all, look at verse 3. Here it says in Revelation 17, 3, And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. So now it's getting even more weirder, right? I mean, if if you never studied this, you read this, you're like, oh, this is right over my head. You know, what is this? But let me see if I can help now as we come into verse 3. So the angel carried John away in the spirit. So this is is a vision like he's been having. But he carries him away into the wilderness. So I, I believe that that John is taken away now from this, what I see as an overview of world religions, of of this prostitute, and, and kind of getting him set up to understand what's going on in the end times. So he takes him away to this wilderness. Now wilderness really talks about this desolate place. And I believe John, I mean the angel brings John to the very beginning of the tribulation, the beginning of the seven-year tribulation, and and I guess we would say it's a wilderness because at that time the church is gone, right? In the rapture before the tribulation starts, the the, the church is taken out and the tribulation starts. So so think about how Christianity is no longer prominent in the world now. Now that all the other religions are still going on, there's there may be a, a church or a group called Christians but they don't really believe in the truth and the doctrine and, and the, the, the core doctrines of what the Bible says about Jesus so but it's it's not prominent anymore so I feel like the wilderness is it's because the truth is gone not that remember there won't be those who will be saved through the tribulation but Christianity the true Christians are no longer prominent in the world So he's taken to this time at the beginning of the tribulation. And so John says, I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. Now, the woman is this mistress, is this prostitute. And now she's not sitting on the waters, right? She's sitting on this scarlet beast. Who is this beast? Well, this is none other than the Antichrist. And we know for sure this is the Antichrist because he's identified by this description here in verse 3, which is the same thing we learn in Revelation chapter 13, 1, when the Antichrist was introduced. Same thing uh, we see here in verse 3, that this beast was full of blasphemous names. And we saw that in Revelation 13:1 where it speaks of how he supports and deifies the false gods and idols of the world say, the false religions or religions of the world. He, he, he's, he he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm for that. I'm with that. I support all of that, too. And then also we see in verse 3, and it had seven heads, same as Revelation 13. You remember, the seven heads spoke of how the Antichrist follows as the leader of Uh, a leader just as uh, uh, kings of the world empires in the past, and I named them like Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persian, Greece, and Rome. And the Antichrist is the seventh king or ruler over a world empire. Note that those nations, Egypt or empires, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome, they, they they all oppressed Israel. They all oppressed the Jews and so will the Antichrist. And so the Antichrist follows after that as being the ruler of a one world government. And then it says in verse 3 that this, this beast has ten horns, and we understand. That. I've spoken about that many times. It comes from Daniel uh, chapter 2, when Nebuchadnezzar saw the statue and the ten toes, right? It speaks of how the Antichrist will rise to power from a ten-nation confederacy made up of, the, of countries from the old Roman Empire. So we understand that. So this all speaks of this beast is the Antichrist. And so the Antichrist, the beast, is what the mistress rides on, and that is the Antichrist. So what, what about this color? This is new here. It says he's a scarlet beast. Well, scarlet in the Bible is the color of luxury, splendor, and royalty, commentators tell us. So this tells us when the mistress, religious Babylon, appears in prominence. She appears when the Antichrist is ruling. The mistress riding on the beast means she is supported by the Antichrist and she's being brought up into prominence. She's she's getting power here. So here's the first thing to see. When the Antichrist rises up as the ruler of the world, a one world religion will also rise up, riding on his support. That's really what this prophecy is telling us. John MacArthur said this, the initial unifying and controlling factor of Antichrist's kingdom will be religion. Remember back in Revelation 6, right, I mentioned out of the breaking open of the first seal came the rider on a white horse, right? And and we interpreted that as the Antichrist. He didn't have a, 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 any weapons or anything like that. He conquered not with war, but with words of political peace, right? I've talked about probably come in, bring peace to the Middle East, broker a deal with the Jews and the air, uh, Muslims, with building the temple next to the Dome of the Rock, all of that, right? So it comes in politi- politically unifying the world into this one. World government, he's going to rise up into. But it's not just that. What we're finding in Revelation 17 is he's going to rise up, and as he rises up, this one-world religion he's going to promote, he's going to support. The the mistress is riding on the beast. I can imagine that, right? I can imagine the talking points of of the Antichrist. Hey, lay aside your doctrinal differences. Embrace, you know, this effort we have to make all of humanity better, all the world society better, right? And and I could hear him, you know, talking like, we're going to fight together against racism, inequality, uh, climate change, terrorism. We're going to get rid of hunger. We're going to make together... In one religion, a global effort to be one in the world. I can imagine that. I can easily imagine that. I can easily see the world playing into the hands of the Antichrist as he supports and promotes this movement to into unity. Religions coming together. Can you see that? I mean, already the world is drinking that wine. Drinking that red Rhetoric, getting drunk, intoxicated, embracing, going crazy with that ideology. We can see it today. Look at verse 4. The woman, John describes, was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. So, John describes this woman. We, first, was the Antichrist dis- described the beast, but now we see this woman, and she was actually given a very high position. So this just confirms that the Antichrist comes, supports this, this movement into unity of religions, and then he, he gives it a, a very high, prominent place. Uh, for a woman. this woman to be wearing purple and scarlet in ancient times, these were sort of colors of royalty, Uh, She was dressed like a queen, basically. The gold, jewels, and pearls, these are signs of wealth, of upper social status. Holding the the golden cup, which, which only kings in power drink out of golden cups, right? But this cup, she's in power, she's prominent. This is something huge in the world, this one world religion. But this cup is full of abominations. You know that word means to emit a foul odor it means disgusting it's full of gross things and that is what religion is to god it's gross it's detestable it, it's evil it's wicked it's so wrong you know jesus in matthew 25:15 called the that requirement mirror of the antichrist standing up in the temple and requiring the world to worship him he called that abomination of desolation abomination it is is a front it is a wicked front against God for the Antichrist to declare himself God and have the world worship him So so that's the cup of abomination so the second thing to see is the movement toward unity into a one world religion of all faiths will be a main agenda of the Antichrist so understand that uh, the antichrist will support it, but not just support it. The antichrist is going to bring this all into this main agenda. It's it's, it's going to be part of him. We're going to see how how much so in next time, and as we go into this chapter. But understand, this is huge from. This is something the Antichrist really wants, is all the religions to come together, a one-world religion. So this movement toward unity into a one-world religion of all faiths will be a main agenda of the Antichrist. I just read this, uh, announced for September 2022 as a gathering of the World Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions. Uh, Their foundational principle is this, I quote, unity in diversity and they call for, and I quote, ensuring peace and harmony on our planet. So you're hearing that rhetoric already, this ideology, right? The meeting is going to be held in Kazakhstan where representatives from representatives from world religions such as Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, Orthodox Christian, Catholics, and even Protestants from over 20 countries gathered together to make, and I quote, the connection between common human values and common religious values, love, tolerance, justice, and peace. What's next? crazy one representative from egypt Mohammed al-jundi said this it is a turning point in worldwide history when religious leaders can ensure peaceful coexistence among adherents of religion this is happening now this this is just one of Many groups talking like this. I, I might share more next time. I, I had a bunch and I thought, I just got to pick one <laughs> here to share with you guys. I, I don't want to make it too long you know, you know this morning, but understand this is going on. You're going to s- begin to see more and more of this because soon the mistress will come riding out on top of the beast. So you understand, it's unlike what John Lennon said, right? There's going to be a uniting of all religions to try and bring peace in the world. There's going to be a, a, a uniting, a, a one-world religion. It's going to come out during the tribulation time. I mean, I, I think you know, countries, you know, and 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 people. I mean, it's not a bad thing, right? To get together, to solve problems and 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 not fight anymore. It's not a bad thing. But understand, this is. What Satan is doing, implanting in the world. Understand this, the one world religion that we're talking about here in Revelation chapter 17, that's not the goal, you know. But it's the last step in Satan's plan. And we're going to see that next week. It's the last step of bringing the whole world into antichrist and satan worship you understand he has to get them together so it's the devil's plan to seduce the world into drinking the cup making it sound really good yeah we got to get together right we got to you know have peace the bible says be at peace with one another just as much as you can yeah that's true But the devil makes it sound really good, but he's leading the world into his evil plan. Be careful of your heart, you guys. As we're talking about this, be careful. Sure, we thirst for those good things. Sure, we we thirst for peace. Sure, Sure, we want those things to happen, but it has to be by God's way, not Satan's plan. Perhaps that's how you've been led astray so easily. Be careful. Be careful. Don't be pulled into what we see here, the seduction of world religion. So, so we've been introduced, the mistress of the ages. Secondly, now, in the tribulation, at the beginning, there's this movement to unity and, and here's the Antichrist promoting it all. Well, now we come to number three, our last heading this morning. The mystery is revealed. The mystery is revealed. This is verse five and six, our last two verses. But first look at verse five. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon, the great mother of prostitutes and of earth's abomination. So now John gives us here in verse five what, what he sees written on her forehead. What's what's being revealed, what's what's being made more clear of who this prostitute, who this woman is, her true identity. And you know what's interesting? In ancient Roman times, in Rome times, the custom for prostitutes was to wear a band on their head with their name on the forehead. Interesting. Well, her name here, John says, Uh, was written in the name of mystery. Now, the word mystery, whenever you see it in the New Testament, it doesn't mean like a mystery, like something we can never figure out, you know. Oh, it's just some mystery. How, How do whales, you know, really find Maui, you know, all the way from Alaska kind of mystery kind of thing. Well, actually, I know it's God (laughs) who guides them, right? But it's not like that mystery. In the New Testament, when you read the word mystery, it actually means something in the Old Testament that wasn't fully understood before is now being made known in the New Testament by God. Something is being revealed. Something that wasn't super clear is now being made super clear now in the New Testament. So John says now here's this name of mystery Babylon the great. So she as we've been defining her is the world relig- world religions. And so in the end time she writes into prominence into this one world religion. So this is really the the mystery being revealed that all the the Babylon religions in the Old Testament, it's going to come to this peak here. It's going to come to this time in the tribulation when the Antichrist rises to power and she will take her ultimate role, the religious Babylon, in being the main religion of the world, one world religion. And so the Mistress of the Ages Lures this movement toward unity, and she then rises to prominence. She's the queen. That's really the idea. It, it, it's just saying what we've been talking about. It explains. It describes her as the mother of of prostitutes. In she's she's the one who birthed all false religions. She's the one who brought into the world the abominations, the religions that go against the one true God. And in all comes to peak in this ultimate role and position of a one world religion. So the the first thing you see is the mystery is revealed about Babylon when all the false religions stands in unity on the world stage in the tribulation. That that's really what I'm trying to say here. Uh. She's standing on the world stage. This one world religion, all of us together, becomes, morphs into this big thing like never before. And that the mystery, what's being revealed, is this is the ultimate end and uh, uh, goal of religion coming together like this. Remember back in Genesis chapter 11, I spoke about this before, Nimrod, uh, he built the first city of of, of Babylon, really Babel, right? The Tower of Babel. Another uh, uh, word is Babylon. Did you know M- Nimrod was um, the, the great grandson of Noah? He wasn't far away from the truth of the flood and God and everything. But Nimrod, oh, you know what he did? He he was a hunter and grew to be this king, this ruler of Babel, of Babylon. There, and he gathered the people of the world in what unity to build that tower in this official stance and rebellion against God. Remember that story, right? They say that this was the start of all false religion. Man at the center of the world. It's about man, what he thinks. Man making his own religion. Well, God broke apart that united rebellion by confusing their language, their communication, giving them different language. they just kept going, right? The revolt against God continued into the rise of all the world's religions that we see today and all the different kinds that have been through in, in history. That was all birthed by this this mistress, by this mother of all prostitutes. And it all comes together in the tribulation right here at the start when the Antichrist supporting it all putting it out there, being part of it, pushing it, it all comes together as the world unitedly goes against God. Just like Genesis 11 there. Now, let me explain something here. World religions basically started, you know why? Because the devil knows that human beings have a thirst for spiritual things. Understand that. That's why there's world religions. God created us, right? We know at the beginning of Genesis, He created men and women, and He created us as spiritual beings with a soul. God created us to have a spiritual relationship with Him, and we know today, through Jesus Christ. So we're actually spiritual beings. We, we, We thirst for that. But without the true God in our life, what happens? We feel empty. We feel unfulfilled. Yeah. We, 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 want, we need to do something with that. And that's why throughout history, man, human beings, sought out the spiritual to try and satisfy their thirst. Their thirst for what they've been lacking. And without God, you lack. You're thirsty. So religion is born. Rituals are made, make you feel good. Make you think that, oh, that, 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 uh, um, you know, gives me water for my thirst, quenches my thirst there. Uh, Rituals are made. uh, Philosophies are even written, you know, on what that means, what it is. Even, think about this, even the interest in paranormal, normal, yeah, normal, like ghosts and, you know, spirits and demons and things like that, that's trying to fulfill that thirst, Yeah trying to fulfill oh maybe it's my dead relative speaking to me there's that weird spiritual soulish sense to that even I would say evolutionary theory and it's a theory yeah. even that trying to find a purpose for man uh, making man the center so he, he can feel good that oh no we you know we're, we're, I become the highest level in this evolutionary tree thing. Yeah. Even that touches on, on the soul and the spiritual part, trying to fill that void. And so the devil, knowing this, plays upon that innate need, and he leads people away with religion. You know, it is, wasn't it Karl Marx, right, the one who inspired communism, said that religion is the opiate of the masses? Remember that? So, false religion was created by the devil to lead the world away from the truth of God in Jesus Christ. And this is Babylon. This is the religious Babylon. This is this mistress. And in the tribulation time, it's going to all come to pass. Like Whoa! The Antichrist and world religions together... Doesn't that say something? Doesn't that say something? The Antichrist, right? Sent by the devil, empowered by the devil, and all the world religions together. The mystery of these world religions is now getting clear. Oh, I get it. It all goes all the way back to Genesis 11. So then in verse 4, or I'm sorry, verse 6, it says, and I saw, John saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. So that makes sense now. The one world religion made up of all the faiths and religions of the world, right? It morphs into this religion that gets drunk, yeah, intoxicated off the blood of believers in Jesus Christ. Tribulation saints are saved in tribulation and going after the Jewish believers too. The martyrs of Jesus. They love that. They want to kill them. Well it makes sense. Why? Because world religions that sound good, yeah, that seem like, oh, you know, some people who don't know Jesus say, Well, what's wrong with that? They're trying to do good, da da da. But in reality, underneath it all, all the false religions, yeah, they're a seduction of Satan for evil. And so John marvels greatly on that powerful unity of world religions that, that this is what it's, that's, that's all what it's about. That's all what's been coming together here that it's all really Satan's plan to go against Christ. It all, it all clicks together, right? It all clicks together. Next time we're going to see as we move on to chapter 7 what's going to go on after this. That Satan's going to take that that intoxication and take that fervor and take that thirst and he's going to now flip it to him to the Antichrist to Satan to worship. But for now you can see even if it looks good on the outside, actually a one-world religion is of. Satan and it's surely going to be and it is today as we're seeing it build up. First Timothy 4.1 Paul wrote now the spirit expressly says that in the latter time some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. And that's the doctrine of demons that are going on right now. Let's get together. Let's put down our doctrinal differences. Let's let, let, let let's all come together in love and tolerance and humanity. Yeah. That's the teaching of demons. So what is clearly seen is that this religion, religion is not of God, it's of Satan. And here's a second. Thing in our last point. The mystery is revealed by the killing of Christians. Religious Babylon is ultimately against Jesus Christ. You're going to hear different things today. You're going to hear that, oh, Christians, yeah? Uh, The Orthodox Church, yeah? Protestants were getting together with the Muslims and and the Catholics. And you're you're going to hear, and, and it's out there. Again, there's so much there. I'll bring some maybe next week, but there's so much stuff going on like that. It sounds good, but it's not. And it's going to be revealed in the end. This one world religion, this religious Babylon, is ultimately against God, ultimately against Jesus Christ. And you see it in what it's written here because they're going to kill Christians. Now, I think it's interesting like um, the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, is actually trying to promote a new world order of peace. I've been reading some articles on it. It's crazy. The the country wants to bring people together, bring the world together. And just the other week, this month in Dubai, they held this Expo 2020. They called it Tolerance and Inclusivity Week. And it's all part of their national festival of tolerance, they call it. Uh, they came together, 192 nations, to unite, and I quote, utilize the principles of coexistence to create a better future of all humanity. And they include religion in that too. Isn't it crazy? This, all this talk of tolerance yeah, is out there, but it goes out the window when it comes to Christians, right? It goes out the window when it comes to Christians believing in what the principles are in the Bible, it, it, it's crazy. There's no tolerance to us, but everybody else's tolerance. I think that's because you know who's underneath that—the devil. The devil. Seems there is no tolerance, no respect to what we believe. Oh, we got to respect. What you know? And and granted, you know, I, I mean, the world is blinded by Satan to think that you can coexist the religions, right? There's there's differences. There's there's you know. Uh, direct contrasts and the opposite and things they believe. Oh, let's just put that down kind of thing. And, and well, the truth is there's no way that the truth in the Bible can coexist with the world religions, right? We, we understand that. I mean, just, just look at, like, if, if you want to turn to John 14, yeah? Verse 6. We've talked about this before. Jesus, Jesus said this out of his own mouth. He said, I am the way. There's no other way. I am the way, right? Jesus says, and I am the truth. There's no other truth. I'm the truth. I'm the authority. Only Jesus holds the truth. I am the life. If you want life eternal, heaven, only Jesus can give that life. And then he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And as far as I I know, the word no one in the Greek means no one. No one. Doesn't mean, oh, some, yeah, most, no one, yeah, comes to the Heavenly Father except through me. No one can get to heaven. Under no other name can a soul be saved. So, yeah, okay, Christianity is pretty straight in truth, and we cannot bend in that. But you see, ultimately, the devil doesn't like that, right? That we hold to the Bible and its truth. The devil doesn't like that. So he gets everybody else together and talks about tolerance, except for them. Except for those guys. Because he has to get rid of us we're in the way for his grand plan of putting the Antichrist up yeah his grand plan of getting all the world religions together and then turning them to the Antichrist we're in the way of his ultimate plan to unite the world into one religion well as we close it seems crazy yeah seems like a movie doesn't it it's like this movie and this plot in a movie. But it's real. This is how religions came into the world. And why they don't line up to what we read here in the Bible, in the Word of God. In our world today, it seems like things are falling apart. The truth of God is being stamped out. That Christians are being persecuted more and and talked down upon. The biblical values that once were in our society are going away. Yeah, relativism is moving in in its place. And as we make stands and share our beliefs and certain social is- issues, we're looked down upon. Yeah, we people are being beaten up. Yeah. People are, are taken to court and, 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 and totally um, raped in the media, in social media and, and on the news. We're the ones looking out crazy. It would seem like, well, is Christianity fading away? Is Christianity going to be extinct? No. Because we see what's really going on what we learned today in Revelation 17. We see it's all part of the devil's plan to make it seem like that, to bring world religions more prominent than Christianity. It's his plan. We know what's going on, which means God is still sovereign, so don't think that God is asleep at the wheel right now. We know he's not. I'll close with this. A little boy was heard praying, Dear God, please take care of my daddy and mommy and my sister and my brother and my doggy and me. Oh, please take care of yourself, God. If anything happens to you, we're going to be in a big mess. (laughs) I like that. But we know nothing will happen to God and the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can choose to say, "Well, I don't believe that stuff." Doesn't change who God is. He's still going to be there. Yeah. But understand, you're just playing into the devil. What he's doing, his this, this seduction, and it's exactly what we learn and what what is going to happen in the tribulation. The whole world falling into the seduction of world religions. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for making things so clear. Lord, my mind just opened up. It was hard to uh, just keep things short here. So many thoughts and things that I see now, Lord, and it clicks and makes sense, and I pray it would for all of us today. But with that, God, may it be clear in our minds of what is really true and what is not. May it be clear in our minds when Satan comes to tempt us and seduce us with sin and other philosophies, combining maybe other thoughts from religions, taking traditions maybe we grew up with and and spiritualizing that and mixing it into your word. God help us to understand that that's not right. It only only leads us away from the truth about you. So Lord, we we want to stick to you, God. We want to be with you, our God who is still sovereign and in control. Jesus Christ is seen this. The one who who is really the one who's been true to us in every way, faithful, loving, Good. Truly caring about us. Not like Satan who just wants to seduce and deceive for his own means. But God, you really care. And so Lord, open our eyes to that also. And I ask God that you would help anybody right now who has been drinking out of the wrong cup and been seduced, Lord. But I pray that they would come to you and drink a cup of salvation and that we would all thirst for you, Jesus, more and more and more in all of your holy, pure truth. Thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.